All right, if you're anything like me, you hate running out of food on a trip. It's like a big fear, and so I'm I'm a big fan of snacks during an adventure, and one of my absolute favorite go-to snacks are wonderful pistachios. You may be familiar with pistachios and the brand Wonderful Pistachios, but if you're not, they are one of the highest protein nuts out there. One ounce serving of Wonderful Pistachios is six grams of protein. That's 10% of your daily value. It also includes nine essential amino acids, and they come with a ton of different flavors, varieties. There's a spicy version, there's lightly salted, there's no salted, there's so many. And every time I go on an adventure, I not even lying, I take an entire bag with me. And what's cool too, I love having the wonderful pistachio in shell because then that almost gives me something to do and focus on as I'm paddling or biking through the really monotonous parts of the adventure. Every great adventure is going to have plenty of boring moments and it's nice to have something to do and also something that is giving you some fuel like wonderful pistachios. So they're one of my favorite adventure snacks, favorite road trip snacks, and definitely leave me feeling better than a lot of other snacks you can turn to. So if you want to learn more about how to fuel your next adventure with wonderful pistachios, go to wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Rodeo season is going to be kicking off soon, and you know, I I like the rodeo. I like going to the rodeo. I like going to cattle auctions and all sorts of those activities, and I want to look the part while I'm there. I love Tecovis as my go-to boots company, and if you've ever been in one of their stores, it's an amazing experience. Their motto is, don't go gently. They are my favorite cowboy boot, and they bring a fresh perspective to heritage boot making, and they carry forward all those time-honored traditions and quality you will find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they're innovative on comfort, style, and service. They have Western boots for men and women and are handmade from the most premium leather and follow over 200 time-honored individual steps in their boot-making process. Pretty cool. They're Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade. And if you want to go to one of their stores, it is an amazing experience. They take customer service to a whole new level. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. And as a special opportunity just for you listeners, Tecovis is going to throw in their best-selling trucker hats or a ball cap for free into any purchase over $100 at tecovis.com. Just use the code ADVENTURE at checkout. Again, that's Tecovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout to add a free hat to your order over $100. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast has helped me plan for my tax bill so I don't dread April every year, balancing my budget for this show, and helping me financially plan for my next adventure. You can listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Uh, Today's episode is really special. Today we're talking to Allison Alsup, and she is the winner of our Adventure Grant last year. And uh, if you didn't know, we we put that on. It was awesome. We we got applicants, and I remember coming across this application and thinking, "This is so different. This is so unique. This is so. Uh, this is exactly what the we try to emulate on this show, or try to get people to go do these kinds of experiences." Uh, because Allison basically created something that she wanted to do that was really meaningful to her and uh, just made it happen. It wasn't necessarily something anyone had ever done before, and it's dubbed the Ohio Project. And what it was, uh, she had just graduated from art school and wanted to see and explore her home state that she is falling more and more in love with, you know, Ohio. Not a lot of people would think that's an adventure destination, but she wanted to see what it was all about and decided to bike nearly 800 miles along the Ohio River, then hike through hike the Buckeye Trail, which basically is the perimeter of the state of Ohio, and then bike pack all the way around Lake Erie, the perimeter of Lake Erie, just to add another part of this and then she did finished off with some rollerblading like three or four days of rollerblading which was awesome and uh, I just loved this project because on this show we talk about you know doing adventure where you are you don't need to go to New Zealand you don't need to go to the Himalayas you don't need to go halfway around the world to have an adventure you can have the most incredible life-changing eye-opening experience right in your hometown don't believe me Go listen to Alistair Humphrey's episode from episode 1000. If it's true for him, it's true for anyone else listening to this show. And another really cool aspect about Allison's journey is she's an artist. So she is going to be processing this experience, which she recently completed this this past year, in the form of drawings and paintings. And she's already started that process, but I'm really looking forward to what else comes out of this. And that was just a really unique aspect. So all her links are in the show notes. She just launched her new website where you can see a lot of her work. Go buy some. And TBD, if we're going to be having an adventure grant this year, I need to uh, decide how we're going to do it, what, how much, and when. But if you're interested in doing an adventure this year, be on the lookout because that might be able to help make it happen. So thank you so much, Allison, for joining us. Thank you so much for, for doing it and coming on and telling this story. It was awesome to hear you talking about it. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. You heard probably quite a bit about Allison in the intro that I'll record after this, uh, just because Allison is the recipient of our Adventure Grant from 2023. And Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So, so where where are you coming from today? I'm in Cleveland today. It's where I live. Cleveland. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to be talking a lot about Ohio. But uh, all right, so you know what was so intriguing about the Ohio project when we first heard about it was how you are doing something so extensive in a part of the country that not a lot of people think of as an adventure place. Tell us about what was this idea? Where did this come from? I love Ohio. I was born and raised here and I don't have a strong memory of exactly why I wanted to do it, but I do remember in September of this past year when I started my senior year of college I have a post-it note that I wrote down like I will bike along the length of the Ohio River in the summer of 2023 and I'm not sure exactly why I can't remember like the exact memory of why I wanted to do it but I've always had a love for Ohio 
And I think I started to come up with this idea that centering around the region that I love might be a great, I don't know, a great, <laughs> a great adventure to do while I'm young. Um, and then it started to to form from there on the same post-it note, I think I wrote like I want to through hike the Buckeye Trail, which I had learned about just a few years prior. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, why why not just add on to that and then circumnavigate Lake Erie? I'm I'm an avid listener of this podcast, and um, you guys had a guy on the podcast who did that Colorado Crush. Robbie was it Robbie Ballinger? Yeah, yeah, he did those. He had like a little. He, he did had a three. Little, Oh, yeah, God. yeah. And I and I was like, oh, my gosh, that kind of coincides with like and it was really fun to hear about his adventure. And I was like, well, that's cool. So I think it's something that I'm interested in to do something in the state that I love. I was just literally thinking about Robbie this morning because I uh, I replayed an episode called uh, the Colorado Crest. And I mm. was like, man, that reminds me of what was that? Oh, the Colorado Crest by Robbie. I was like, wow, those two things sound so similar. And anyway, I was like looking Robbie up again this morning. But yeah, oh. he's. <laughs> done some wild stuff that that was just ridiculous but so the idea of like doing three things because these are three very different things and what I didn't realize is so go let, let, let me let me see if I got it right because I read over everything you bike packed basically along the Ohio River which is a thousand miles oh sorry it was more like 850 I'm not sure the exact length of the river itself but my trip ended up being around like 850 miles got it. yeah the, the river is like 980 or something so it, yeah you know, okay. it winds a lot but the road yeah definitely doesn't have to wind as much but so, yeah, that 800 miles from like Pennsylvania all the way to Illinois. And then mm-hmm. you come back and do the Buckeye Trail, which is 1,400 miles, basically a loop of Ohio, like seeing mm-hmm. different things. And then uh, 800 miles around the perimeter of Lake Erie. What what made you land on Lake Erie? It is interesting that Ohio is sandwiched in between Lake Erie and the Ohio River, which are two kind of national gems almost that I don't think about often while I'm here, but I thought that the the state itself is sandwiched in this interesting region, so I might as well you know, kind of think about those and learn about them. Um, and then I did actually continue the trip a little bit on, like it was a, a little surprise for myself, but uh, have you heard of the Ohio to Erie Trail? No. It's a fully paved bike trail that goes from Cleveland to Cincinnati. It's 326 miles and it goes just right down the state diagonally. And so I did hop on that with my bike because I landed in um, Cleveland after Lake Erie. So I got on my bike and um, I went to, I did half of it on my bicycle down to Columbus. And then a friend and I um, finished it off on rollerblades together. So it was fun. Yeah. And how long was that? Um, The rollerblading part was four days and I think... It took two or three days on my bike. I think three days on my bicycle. So you, you did like four big things like with this. Yeah. Uh, also, you just tack that on at the end. That is wild. Right. No kidding. So you love Ohio. So I'm from Florida. I feel like Ohio and Florida are often like grouped together as this wild states. They're like crazy cousins yeah. and very <laughs> underappreciated adventure places. Yeah. So what were you thinking going into this? Were you worried? Was there any aspect of the trip that you were more concerned about than the other? Or what What was kind of that general, holy cow, did I just really sign up for this? <laughs> the through hike definitely intimidated me. Um, I, I love my bike and I, I did a bike packing trip um, the previous summer. So I knew I was pretty comfortable on my bicycle, but I had never done a bike, like a through hike before. My The most experience I had I did like a three day backpacking trip once. And so I had, I was like, I don't know why uh, people think I, like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but um, it, it was definitely, definitely learning, a learning curve, but that was the most intimidating part of the, of the project for sure. 
What, what did the people around you think about this idea? Were you telling many people or was it like, <laughs> I'm just going to do this and not be subject to opinions? No, I did sell people. Yeah. And most people were pretty encouraging about it. I, I did have to because, uh, in, in coinciding with the grant that you guys gave me, which I'm super thankful for, and all the gear that, that I was sent that was so helpful, um, I still wanted to try to get it fully funded because um, it was it was like a five-month endeavor, and I'm not working during this five months. So um, I just graduated from the Cleveland Institute of Art back in May, and for um, graduating seniors, they hand out traveling scholarships. Um, so I applied for it with this proposal, and so I had to tell people. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know if I would have, but... Yeah. <laughs> did you get that? I did. Yeah. So I got my trip fully funded. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. No kidding. That is so cool. So, so what did they think about this idea as far as like from like an artistic point of view? Cause that's one thing I will mention in the intro is that you also create art. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the basis from this project really is to make art about um, Ohio through the eyes of adventure sports, just to show how amazing the nature and the beauty and the history and they're culture if there is a culture here um to talk about through the artwork and people were excited about it. i think it, it is i got a lot of support from it so yeah did, did you feel like you knew ohio before this project like i kind of know what i'm gonna expect <laughs> or were you like I, this is might as well be in the middle of nowhere somewhere i've never been <laughs> like what was your thoughts around like familiarity no, I thought I knew Ohio. I guess I didn't. I learned so much. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. What was like one of the first big surprises or things you just didn't expect? Wow. I, yeah. So with the Ohio River was my, yeah, it, it's such a big project chronologically is probably <laughs> the best way to, so yeah. So I started in uh, Pittsburgh. It was my first time in Pittsburgh. I don't know if, have you been there before? I have. Yeah. I didn't realize how many bridges just like composed that city. My dad and my, my big sister started with me, which was really fun because they're not, um, my, my family's not too into adventure or like uh, adventure sports and stuff. So it was cool for my sister to be there because otherwise they have no idea like what I'm doing. So it was a really great way to start off the trip. And I started where the Ohio River meets, um, there's two rivers that create the Ohio. I, you, I mean, as you know, you've been to the city. I'm trying to remember. It's like the I, I'm not sure if I'll get the pronunciation right, but like the Allegheny and the Mono something. Oh, yeah. Mo oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not even going to. I'm not. It's, it's like 15 <laughs> letters. So I see them converge right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they turn into the Ohio. And so I had I started there and that's a lovely point to start because there's a it's a state park because um, a fort was built there historically. So it was a really great state park to start in. And they got this wonderful, huge uh, water fountain that comes up like right at the point. And so it was a really great place to start. And um, that's also the starting point for the CNO or ending point, I guess, for the CNO and Gap Trail. So there was a lot of other bikers there biking to uh, Washington, D.C. So it was really fun to start there. And then I headed out and the first thing that I really started noticing that I was learning about was how prevalent the Underground Railroad is to the Ohio River. Um, it's not something since I'm young, I'm only 22. So all my knowledge is really from institutions <laughs> so far, really. Like, so I didn't learn about how prevalent the Ohio River was uh, in school through the Underground Railroad. So um, learning about just how important the Ohio River was in kind of creating that border between the North and the South and um, all of the stops in Southern Ohio and just North of the Ohio River along like through Indiana and Illinois and stuff was amazing. So that was like the first thing that I really started noticing how little I knew and how 
much I learned about underground. I think it's called the National Underground Railroad and Freedom Center, if I'm remembering the title correctly, but it's in Cincinnati. So it was kind of early along in my stop. And I just learned so much about the Underground Railroad and how important Ohio was to to it. And so that was just something that I had never really. Yeah, that was great to learn. Probably in the first day or two, you had to cross through West Virginia, which you won't Mm -hmm. think about going from Pennsylvania to Ohio. There actually is a portion of West Virginia that goes up, which is, you know, the South. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Was it challenging to start in a city? Yes. Yeah. Pittsburgh was awful. I, I'm, I'm probably never going to go back after because all of those bridges were tough. And then it's hilly out there. So I was just huffing and puffing. And, and then it was just, you know, with all this exhaust around me. But um, I after I got out of the city, I got onto the Panhandle Trail. Have you heard of it? Or no, no. It? But it must. Is it talking about the West Virginia Panhandle? Yeah. So the Panhandle Trail took me out of Pittsburgh. And um, I'm looking at the map now, like into Steubenville. Ohio. So it was really nice. I got this wonderful trail like immediately out of the city. So you, when you look at this, it looks like you're just in such beautiful rural areas. Yeah. What, what was the scenery like? What were you seeing throughout this portion of the ride? Oh, in the very beginning, it was so hilly. I remember the first day was really tough for me because <laughs> it was through West Virginia. I um, stayed mostly on the West Virginia side the first day. I I ended up my first night staying in uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, and it was just really hilly and it was hot. I started on June 1st, so it was a hilly, but it was so sunny and it was, you're right, it was just such beautiful rural area, a lot of cows, you know, really nice farmers and it was beautiful. So your dad and your sister started with you. What, what did they think after seeing it firsthand? Because I remember I was biking one time and I had been biking for years and my dad finally came and saw me and it was in Vegas and I literally came out of the desert into town and he saw me like pulling up after being out there a month and he was like I just this is so crazy man seeing you just like come out of nowhere having been out there like a vagabond and it like really put it into perspective for him and I'm sure the same thing was happening with your family did it change the way they thought about your trip to see you and be with you doing it were they like oh my God, this is dangerous, or this is so cool. Like, how, how did it change the way they viewed it? Oh, that's a good question. My dad spent a lot of time with me this summer. Um, he uh, was in between jobs this summer, so he was really able to have, have the time to help me out, especially on the Ohio River portion was when he helped me out the most. So he spent a few days meeting up with me, and we got to have some really great experiences looking at some new nature together. And I'm sure that those moments... Um, where he saw how exciting the the adventure was it was probably really eye opening for him. It was it was for I mean even for me, but for the both of us to experience that together, we yeah there there was um especially towards I know we're doing chronologically, so I don't want to like mix oh, it up, but the, on the um he he's the one who picked me up um when I finished my Ohio River bike ride, and the last day we stayed we camped at a place called Garden of the Gods in Illinois. I don't know if are you familiar? There's there's one in Colorado too. That was there. Yeah. Oh boy, that's better. But, <laughs> <laughs> no. but the one in Illinois was great. And we camped there. Dad was amazed because um, in Ohio, one thing that's kind of lacking is um, Ohio camping can be expensive. And for what? Because, you know, it's not any better than <laughs> a lot of right. other camping spots. It can be like, I think, state park camping here, which is 
what most camping is in Ohio is like twenty seven to thirty two dollars. Um, but that is expensive. I know. Yeah, and there's no like BLM land or anything. But um, you know, in Illinois, the camping at Garden of the Gods was only ten bucks. So my dad was like, "This is amazing! Like, this is crazy." And the Garden of the Gods recreational area is just a ton of the most amazing rock formations. I don't even know how to describe them. They're like I think the only place I've been to that I can kind of remotely like compare the two might be like around Laramie, Wyoming, that area where there's like um. I don't I don't even know how to describe them rocks stacked up that it's just the most amazing like rock features that you would not expect to be in the Midwest. But dad and I just took like a quarter mile hike um, through these incredible rock formations. And the whole time we were both just like like screaming and just taking photos about how amazing it was. And I think that was a really eye opening moment for him to realize just how much fun I have on these trips and why they're so important. So, geez, yeah, I'm looking at it now. That's beautiful. Garden of the Gods. Ellen, yeah, who would have thought? I know That's pictures so cool. can't even like, yeah, I can't even describe how the rock form. I don't know if you're good with rocks. Like what, it, I don't know how that even, how to describe them, but. They look like stacked pancakes almost at, in places that kind of like undulate back and forth. It's really, really beautiful and beautiful, like tree covered hills in the background and, and yeah. uh, almost like mountainous. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Yeah. After completing that river portion, what, I don't know, what do you think you learned from that about that area? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So initially, like the Underground Railroad was such an important and and new thing for like how prevalent that was for the Ohio River to learn about. Um, All those natural features like the Garden of the Gods around that area were incredible. I learned so much about um, a lot of interesting cave systems near the Ohio River. I mean, there in southern Ohio, um, there's a lot of caves assist, like in this region called Hawking Hills and that kind of area. There's quite a few really popular caves for people to go see. And I know that in Kentucky, of course, there's Mammoth Caves, which is, you know, just on the other side of the river and stuff. And then I started learning about all the caves that are also around the Ohio River in Indiana and Illinois. And I stopped at a cave called indiana caverns uh, creative and you were able to um take a boat through the uh, through the like underground river that ran through this cave system like you what in in indiana like i had no idea so i just learned so much about like the geography and all this Uh, yeah i'm really lucky it was amazing so fun to learn about all that stuff it's like a treasure hunt yeah 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 and you're right about the quaint part it felt like um like you know in the beginning of lord of the rings when um frodo and sam start out their adventure and they're just walking through the fire yeah that's like what my whole summer was it was just like that two minutes but spanned for five months it was just so quaint and and like for bike packing and bike touring that's like exactly what you want small towns rolling hills beautiful scenery and probably not tons of traffic on the route you went so you know maybe there was at times but that that kind of setting is what i've grown to love on the bike Mm -hmm. is just Mm -hmm. people are really friendly and curious about what you're doing what was your interaction with people were you talking to a lot of people yeah especially because i use warm showers like religiously i love warm showers (laughs) so i was able to talk to so many people and uh, i agree that's like my favorite i'm realizing my favorite kind of setup for a bikepacking adventure is like i know some people really enjoy being out in the wilderness where they feel like they're the only people out there but i've i've come to realize that i really like knowing there's an ice cream shop every day i can stop at and people to talk to and stuff because that's what really makes 
that, that's where I learned the most is having great conversations with strangers. I, I don't know if you like agree on your trips and stuff, but for me, that's how it works. So it's, it was great to have good interactions with people on my, on my Ohio river. I'm trying to think of any ones that stand out on the Ohio river portion. I have a lot that stand out from like the through hike and stuff. Maybe, maybe when one comes to mind, I'll remember. But. Yeah. Did you have any, I don't know, any crazy stories or anything happened from the Ohio River experience? Like, like how was camping, trying to get camping at each of that? Oh, it was fine. Yeah, there's tons of uh, state parks that I was able to choose from and stuff like that. It was really great. Did you do a lot of stealth camping where you're just like... No, I don't do that. I'm not brave. I don't sleep well. I've tried that before in my life, but I don't sleep well ever when I do that. No, so. it's, it's you definitely run the risk. And uh, I try I try to do it now and with my truck, and that's just like impossible. It's, you can't you can oh, hide yeah. a bike pretty easy, but like a truck, you just can't. Somebody is gonna find it, and you get the knock with the the dreaded knock on the window in the middle of the night, which sucks. But uh, you get to the end. Mm -hmm. You and your dad have that awesome experience, a garden of the gods. Then you had to start this 1400 mile through hike, which was yes. the one you were the most worried about. Take us through, how was your body feeling after that 800 mile bike ride? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that helped make this show possible. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. The iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing. The interior is built with robust materials and integrity, and the capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Durability has been tested to the extreme. Cargo capacity means you have room for all your gear. All this meaning to drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. And there's also powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system to keep you connected. And also the innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And the entire Defender family is ready for a wide range of adventures. They have the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. So push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell anything online at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million dollars in revenue stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're a podcaster trying to sell merch or selling autographed sports memorabilia, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one commerce platform to their personal POS system, Shopify has got you covered. Now, I do use Shopify with my day job. That's our website, and that's our platform. It's so handy. It makes it easy for us on the back end. It makes it easy for you as a shopper and as a customer to sell more. And they can help you all the way from those early, early days until you're a real business, making real money. And that's what I love about them. No matter how big you want to grow, they can grow with you and help you take control your business to get it to that next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ASP, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash ASP to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ASP.
That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. No, it was good. I, I didn't, I don't recall feeling very um, exhausted. I'm pretty, um, I'm a dilly-dallier, so I, I definitely took a lot of off days. It took me 20 days to do 850 miles, which is pretty slow, <laughs> just because I, I take a ton of off days. So I, I really didn't uh, uh, push myself <laughs> too hard. I like to sightsee and everything. Um, so yeah, it wasn't too hard to adjust. Um, but I, it was, it was tough to, to figure out how to pack my 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 backpack especially i took a few like couple mile hikes with my parents and had to throw out a ton of stuff and figure out how to pack my backpack but um i think it took me and and then i had to start a little bit later because this was during summer when um there was a lot of those canadian wildfires and the the smoke was causing like air really bad air quality in ohio so i i delayed my trip a few days um just because they were recommending that people don't go outside which is very unfortunate. Yeah. But, um, so I, I delayed my trip and I started, uh, when did I start? I, I wrote down all of my facts. Oh yeah. I started on June 30th. Um, so about 10 days after I finished the bike trip. So I, I gave myself some time to rest and everything. I started in Yellow Springs, Ohio. So, uh, yeah. Oh, Dave Chappelle lives there. If you ever want to find him, he I don't know where, but Yellow Springs. is that like a small town or big town? Or... Yeah. It's tiny. It's um. It's a little hippie oasis. People go there for like day trips because there. It's um. I, it's a hippie town. I don't even know where to begin with it. There's a ton of interesting murals and like literal hippies. Everyone there is. It's so fun and all the all the. Uh, it was a great place to start. I started at a the Buckeye Trail kind of trailhead. There starts at like this historical um, a train stop. So it was fun. I started at like a little historical train station. My dad took a picture and then I walked through this neighborhood to start my Ohio Trail <laughs> through hike. And it was really quaint, as you said. I think that's the best way to describe the whole summer because I was just walking by these wonderful, small, colorful houses with all these signs that say peace, love, stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great way to start. Are, are there lots of people doing the Buckeye Trail in the summer? Are you, you know, alone in the sense of through hiking or you, do you see a lot of others? Are, what was that experience like as compared to what you just did? Oh, yeah, it was interesting. I, I only met one other through hiker the whole time. I met one guy going the opposite direction as me. And he didn't even he was from Akron, Ohio. Um, we didn't talk for too long because we were going separate ways, but uh, I saw him day 18 and then I never saw him again. That was my only other through hiker buddy out there, but he was, he didn't even, he was like, Oh, I was doing the CDT, but snow made me turn around and I wanted, I still want to do through hike. So I guess I'll just do this instead. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, great. His name was Jeff. I hope he's doing well. He was cool. But yeah, we took a selfie and then I never saw him again. And that was my only other <laughs> through hiker person I met. So that's very, um, uh, that was very different from probably a lot of other through hiking experiences that most people have. And that did make me think like I, next time I do through hike, I wouldn't mind doing one where I see other through hikers. Cause um, the Buckeye trail it's, it's been around, it started in 59, I believe 1959. Um, the history of it's really interesting. If you want to hear, yeah, <laughs> tell me. I wrote down some facts so I can represent <laughs> factually my Ohio to impress everyone. Um, but yeah, so the Buckeye Trail, it started in 59 and I thought I put, I pulled this quote from their website cause I thought it was, it was really cool. Um, 
the founder built it with hopes that the trail would serve as a encouragement for young people to slow down and learn about their native land, which is exactly what I did. It literally was for you. No, (laughs) and hopefully people who do it, you know, (laughs) young people who continue it. Um, But sorry, I forgot where I was going with. Oh, yeah. So it started in 59 and it was completed in 1980. But a lot of people still, especially from Ohio, still don't know about it. I mean, I only found out about it uh, like two years ago. Since it's not popular, you know, even though there's a lot of trail towns and stuff, you just don't see through Ohio, even though we've got this incredible loop of a hike around the whole state. Um, So most of the time when I was hiking out there, I was running into a lot of people because it's a, the, you're really not in wilderness like most of the time (laughs) on the through hike. But um, I, so I was running into a lot of people most of the time, but um, most people didn't know what I was doing. So a lot of people thought I was training for something. They were asking me if I was training for the Appalachian trail and stuff. And I was like, no, that I'm currently (laughs) training for my bike around Lake Erie. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm actively (laughs) doing my through hike. Um, but it was fun. So then I got to tell people about the through hike and, um, I met one lady who we exchanged numbers and she's very serious about, wanting to do the her own through hike of the Buckeye Trail next year, which is really exciting. So it was it, it was great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But I wouldn't mind doing a through hike where I see other people that are also doing the same thing as me because <laughs> it could feel kind of um, not lonely, but just uh, that there was like a lack of um, of a support system that uh, is probably more prominent on other trails. So. I, I hear that about the AT a lot. It's you get a lot of encouragement from other people, and there's just you, you get to basically share the same gripes and complaints and and just common <laughs> common things to to commiserate about and get through it together yeah. with. So a lot yeah, of relatability. Yeah. So so this was uh, I'm sure surprisingly isolating. How how was how did you feel camping each night? I guess along the trail, probably not in a campground most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. I had a challenge. On, I, I definitely struggled a lot um, during the, the through hike, for sure. I mean, physically, like it was so hard, so much harder than bikepacking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because you're a bike packer and a hiker, right? Yeah, I, I, I'll backpack. Backpacking's way harder, way yeah. harder on the joints and the, the weight. Like you're I understand why people like drill holes into their toothbrush to save weight. You know, I mean, on, on a bike, you can like, oh, I'm carrying the whole jar of peanut butter and and like metal silverware. Like you don't even you don't care. Like it's you can carry anything and you get to just cruise down the hill. You know what I mean? With backpacking, you're almost almost dread a downhill because it's like it's going to hurt so yeah. bad. So yeah. it was a lot harder. But also it was like twice as long as what you just did. So oh. it's like yeah. double hard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had a hard time. Um, and so uh, since this requires explanation, I didn't like write this down for the, and for you to explain in the beginning of the episode. But so I started off the through hike. The first day was tough as usual. I thought I could do it in my Chacos. That was such a mistake. I, mean, I don't know what I was doing. I got such bad blisters and uh, it was so tough. I mean, the first day I only did like 11 miles. I have a friend who lives, um, she graduated from Wright State, which is outside of Dayton. So it was only like, I think my first day was like 11 or 13 miles or something from Yellow Springs to um, my friend's little house on Wright State. And I was like dragging my feet the last half miles. There, it was, it was on like a college campus. All these kids my age were like 
laughing at me outside of their, you know, honking at me and stuff. And I was just, I was like, oh, if I can do this. But um, it, the, the first day was tough. And I honestly felt like, I don't know how, your experiences, but my feet never, they always hurt the entire time. Like they hurt the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was tough. The But it was so beautiful. Like um, the trails and especially in the beginning where I started, because I started in Yellow Springs and then I started making my way up the like north the um on the loop and so um i went through dayton and then i started going up um along uh, that that'd be western ohio which is the flat side so the kind of what you think of ohio the scenery very flat very mostly farmland and stuff but i enjoyed it because um it, it gave me a chance to run into so many people and chat with them and it was I was following along canals most of the time so I was learning a lot about the rivers in that area and then I got up north I hit Toledo started following uh the trail eastward along um northern Ohio and that was cool because um I was along a route most of the time the the Ohio trail or the Buckeye trail about half of it is uh on roads and a lot of the other half that's not on roads is along uh, already designated paved bike paths. So this portion up in, in northern Ohio, um, when I was following along paved bike paths, it was usually part of the northern tier route for bicyclists. So I was running into cyclists, and that was really fun. Um, but then I, when I got up into northern Ohio, I started having some trouble. Um, I had this really interesting day. It was really fun very funny day but I start I was camping on um the side of this like bike trail that that's up in northern Ohio that kind of coincides with the Buckeye Trail I was not too far outside of a city called Fremont Ohio and it was big for the area because it's got like a a movie theater there so and the Barbie movie just came out so I was like oh my god I'm going to walk over it's going to be like a nice day I'm going to only go like 11 miles and I'm going to see the Barbie movie and then I think I'll like stay in a hotel for the night you know just like have a nice day and it was really fun because that morning um when I was packing up there was this six-year-old girl she was so cute she was in this little pink dress and she had a Barbie with her and she was like hi my name's Charlie I'm six and I was like oh hi and she was like, are you a kid or an adult? And I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> but, so then I had my whole day to think about that. I was like, wow, that was. <laughs> threw you into an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, sure the Barbie wow. movie didn't help that. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Sitting there like that song was I made for. <laughs> like what? And then um, so I saw that and it was so fun. I like listened to the soundtrack on my way to this uh, hotel. And then like I checked in and like five minutes after I checked in the lady at the front desk she knocks on my door and she's like did you notice someone following you today and I was like uh no but I'll be honest I wasn't like paying attention like I had my headphones in for most of the time and she was like okay because um this guy came in like right after you checked in and said he uh had some food for you and like a place to stay and then I told him that you checked in with your dad so she like was very nicely like lying for me mm -hmm. and um she was like so he left but then after he left a couple came in and said that he they saw him when they were leaving town they saw you walking from the movie theater and um they saw him behind you and then when they came back into town like an hour later they saw him still following you into your hotel so they wanted to check to see if you were if you got in safe and everything and she was like so i would suggest you like don't leave the hotel tonight and i was like cool like this is great <laughs> and then Jeez. after that it ended up being fine but after that situation I started not sleeping very well 
any clue what that was or who that was? No. So he could have been a nice guy. I was like, but I don't know. Cause I, I but walked you weren't for like, planning to meet like your dad there. And it wasn't no, just, no. Okay. No. Cause I was like, an, it, cause that walk from the hotel to, was like an hour. It was like three miles or so. So yeah. I was, I was like, Oh my gosh. So I had no idea. So like I started not sleeping very well after that. Um, which is fine. Cause it ended up being like fine or whatever. But, um, so it so I wasn't sleeping very well and then that started to like affect the through hike because um I really didn't sleep until it started getting light out honestly like I wouldn't confidently fall asleep until like 4 30 or 5 when like the birds came out and then I wouldn't start my hike until like noon and so I wasn't sleeping very well and it was affecting the hike um yeah, I was like just having little panic attacks, I guess, throughout the day, just probably because I wasn't sleeping very well and stuff like that. But the hike was still very fun, even throughout that. I was just getting like progressively <laughs> like more sleep deprived or whatever. Um, and but it was nice because after that that portion, I got into like um, northeastern Ohio, which is where I'm currently at and where I went to school and stuff. So I have a lot of friends over here that I got to see and they would join me for portions of the hike and stuff. Um, but then as I continued down south, it was getting more remote and I still was not uh, knowing how to really like cope with these little panic attacks I was having and stuff like that. And um, so I, I was starting to to struggle, even though it was still such an amazing hike and like northeastern Ohio is beautiful. Um, it's really hilly and it's full of like beautiful waterfalls and Cuyahoga Valley National Park is yes. up here. So I got to walk through that. It's a beautiful national park. Um, so it was still a beautiful hike, went through Akron and saw some friends and stuff, but I was still struggling with my sleep and stuff. I just wasn't sleeping well. And it was because this experience just was frightening enough and just the reality of like, wow, someone could really follow me or just. Yeah. How easy it was. Yeah. How easy it was to just you know, you don't, you don't want to like live your life that way, but when it happens and someone does say, Hey, someone's following you, it can really freak you out. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, I think I'm being pretty dramatic about, you know, like I was like, this, this, it was fine, but yeah, I just wasn't, I suddenly I was just unable to sleep well in my tent. So, um, and so my dad, uh, we, I talked to my parents, parents like almost every day throughout the trip and then just to check in and stuff. And um, I was like, yeah, dad, I'm just, I'm not sleeping and I'm having trouble hiking. I'm not getting out of my tent till like noon to hike and stuff. And he was like, well, I know you like your bike. Um, have you considered since you're already on roads half the time, like, do you want to try a portion on your bicycle and see if that helps you? And I was like, I think so. So my dad met up with me um, and we switched out my uh, backpack for my bike in um, Lake Hope State Park which is not too far off the trail. It's in Southern Ohio and it's a beautiful Southern Ohio is like the, my favorite part of the state. It's so beautiful. It's just full of really gorgeous, like it's like the Appalachian foothill area. So it's pretty rural, full of gorgeous, like caves and waterfalls. And um, we met up just off the trail at Lake Hope state park and he's let me ride my bike for a week. So I can't say I completely through hiked the Buckeye Trail since I did a portion of it. I did about 300 miles on my bicycle and um, I made it to Cincinnati on my bike. And then I felt way better. My bike helped me out a lot. And so I was able to finish the hike um, on my feet and wow. I felt much better after that. But the bike helped me clear my head and it was good. Well, I'm glad, you know, that happened. Did, were, were people often just people you met concerned for your safety? 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> Did anyone I, ever tell you? Because I mean, even me in college, I had people like, are you, you're out here by yourself? And, you know, like old, older couples would want to just almost like take you under their wing. I don't know. Did stuff yeah. like that happen? Yeah. Did you get the question all the time? Like, are you carrying a gun? Do you have your concealed carry? Oh, gosh. Paper? Well, yeah. One time when I was on in the Canadian border coming from Alaska, yeah, the border patrol person was like, do you have a gun? And we're going into Canada, so I'm thinking like, okay, they got to check because they wouldn't want it to cross countries. And this was in the rem- a very remote part of Alaska, and they said, uh, I was like, no, no gun. And they're like, okay, do you have a knife? <laughs> I said, no. And they're like, well, okay, do you have bear spray? <laughs> and I was like, no. No? They said, Dang. you need something because there's grizzlies <laughs> everywhere. He goes, I was going to let you take whatever you had in. I just, I need you to go get, he goes, there's a general store right up the road. Go buy something. And so yeah. me and my buddy who were in college, we're broke as can be. Like we don't have any money. Uh, I think we had like $300 for the whole trip and it's supposed to last, you know, two months. And uh, we bought a can of wasp spray that was on sale. Oh, my God. And it was like eco-friendly <laughs> wasp spray. It was like $3. And it was probably like vinegar in a can. And uh, literally did sorry. nothing because we had to spray a dog one day that was chasing us. And I thought he was wow. going to bite us. And the dog didn't even didn't even bother the dog. And the dog ended up being really friendly. I like literally sprayed him in the eyes. And then the <laughs> dog came over to hit me and like wanted me to pet him. So I was like, wow. Didn't yeah. <laughs> even didn't even stop a dog, much less a grizzly bear. So anyway, I did get that question a lot. So I'm sure you did yeah. too. All the time, I'm like, no, I'm not carrying a gun. I, that sounds awful to me. I don't know, but I, yeah, I think people were concerned for my safety, especially because I had done a previous um, bike packing trip the summer before in 2022. Um, I biked from. I had a summer job out in Colorado, and I tried to bike there. I, people had no faith in me and they had no reason to because I don't know why I thought I could do that. But I, I made it to Lawrence, Kansas, outside of Kansas City, um, wow. like thousand four miles or so from from Cleveland. And that trip, I was like, I didn't. Yeah, everyone was always concerned for my safety. I was getting the gun question a lot. And then people I knew I, I didn't carry anything. Yeah, I didn't carry I, I think I had a pocket knife for camping and stuff, but I, I didn't, I usually don't carry um, like pepper spray or anything just because I don't f- usually feel the need to. I mean, everyone's so kind to me and stuff. And so, and I don't like the idea of trying of overreacting to, I don't know how to word this, but like, um, it, it might be very ignorant, but ignorant is bliss though, but um, to, to, to rather to just look hopefully about how many kind people there are instead of really hyper fixate on what could go wrong because otherwise I think these adventures would be too scary to do especially by myself but I love doing them by myself so much so I usually don't carry uh, anything with me and so I think that does make people really nervous about it but I've had I've had good experiences so far so that's awesome yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't usually carry anything. I did mm-hmm. start carrying bear spray. Nice. And that's about as much as I'll, I'll. I mean, I have a knife for like what I like to use for cooking and you know yeah. stuff, cutting stuff. But the bear spray is nice because it's like it's not fatal. Yeah, like even like or, or shoot myself on accident. Honestly, like honestly, that's probably the biggest yeah. problem. And also the weight. But two, bear spray is cheap. I, I'm a big fan of bear spray. No, I've I've never had anything either, but I'm also I don't know. It's like I'm I'm a very big guy, 
and I'm scared half to death when I do trips. I'm like terrified <laughs> when I'm out there alone and I hear something and I'm like, oh my God, I, I'll never sleep. And uh, so no, it same. takes a lot of guts, <laughs> takes a lot of guts to go do that. Yeah. It, yeah. For, for anyone who does it by themselves. I, yeah, I know people bring up the whole, you know, you're five to 22 year old girl, but I think it's, scary. it's probably scary for anyone doing it by yourself, no matter what, you know, <laughs> what your yeah. stature, what your age, what your, yeah, who you are. It's probably scary for anyone doing it I by themselves. So. I think so. It takes, it takes a lot of guts. I mean, Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. A lot of the adventures we have on this show requires international travel and oftentimes a new language. Although there's plenty of adventure in just winging it, it really helps and can enrich in the adventure if you go prepared, learning some of the language before you go. And that's why I'm excited to be partnering with Babbel. And so if you're looking for a science-backed language learning app that actually works and works fast, that you don't want to pay hundreds of dollars for a private tutor, or learning a language that actually is in a way that's not truly the way it's spoken, then you need to try Babbel. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me learn real-life conversational skills in different languages, so it's easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to someone at a store without having to consult an, an app, which you might not have service for, while you're out on an adventure. So with over 10 million subscriptions and 150 scientists that have helped create this app, here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash ASP. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash ASP, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash ASP for Adventure Sports Podcasts. Rules and restrictions may apply. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. It it gets easier as you get more uh, skilled and better at it until something like that happens. I've definitely had instances where someone kind of freaked me out with mm -hmm. just running into them down the road or other, you know, hitchhikers and stuff, people that might, people that might be dealing with other things and, and uh, maybe not the best intentions. I've had those instances and that, that'll definitely un, un, be unsettling for a little while. But, you know, the, the longer you go and those instances are few and far between. Like yeah. you said, 99% yeah. of the people are just incredible. Probably like 99.9% .9 is more accurate. And uh, and for the people that aren't incredible, a lot of times it's just, they're just not super nice. It's not even like they're bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just kind of neutral, you know? They're having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like even in that instance, I still thought about like how lucky I was that that woman at the front desk was like, you know, she lied for me in a really good way. And that the, that couple who, who were observant enough to notice that this guy was following me for like an hour would like actively pulled over and went into the hotel and said, hey, is this girl, did she check in? All right. Like there's so many people that were always out there to help me out. So I always feel feel well protected just between mother nature and kindness of strangers. I, yeah. So that's awesome. So the Buckeye trail, you get done with that. And then you got this other huge challenge, which is going around Lake Erie. How are you feeling at this point? You were like, Oh my gosh, am I really about to do this too? Or were you like yeah. excited about <laughs> this part of it? I was excited for the Lake Erie trip, especially after how tough it was. My my um, through hike, I was like, oh, I'm, I love my bike. Like my bike is the perfect way to travel and everything. And so I was excited for the Lake Erie trip. But it was also like 
I really hope I can actually finish this because of how how unexpectedly tough the through hike was for me. I I was like, uh, it, you know, am I overestimating myself again with this? But it was so much fun because um, the the like you know how adventures a lot of times they're they're full of highs and lows, but the Lake Erie was literally just like no lows. It was the best adventure ever. Like. I don't know if you're ever going to try to do a bike trip around Lake Erie, but I feel like I'm going to recommend it to everyone now. It was so much fun. What was so different about this? You know, half of the trip is in the U.S., half is in Canada. Yeah, I've never I had this was my first time in Canada. So that was really exciting. I crossed. Um, I So I started in Cleveland and my first night was the first day was just so fun. This was in when did I start? Um I started on September 20th. And so the weather was just perfect in that window because it was, you know, late September, early October. I didn't get rained on once. It was like 65 out. It was so perfect, like the perfect window to begin. And um, and that was nice. That was different from like the through hike as well, because I during the Buckeye Trail, I was hiking in like the heat of the summer and there were quite a few like not only hot days, but there were some tornado warnings and like some bad storms and stuff. But the Lake Erie trip was just perfect weather. And I, the first day was super fun because um, I stayed at a warm shower host in Conneaut, Ohio. And um, I stayed there the same time as another kid who was biking across America on the Northern Tier route. He was from Germany. And it was fun to run into because I, I said before, like on the through hike, I didn't get to run into other through hikers and talk about, you know, the adventure with anybody really. But it was so fun to run into a, a, another long distance cyclist and we got to exchange stories and stuff like that. And um, that was a really great way to like kick off the trip. And then going through Pennsylvania was uh, wonderful. And then going through New York. Have you have you spent much time in New York? Because it was my first time in New York. So oh, like the state or yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I've, I've been I've biked through there a couple times. Yeah, wasn't it nice to bike through? Oh, it's gorgeous. I I didn't do probably some of the portions you did looking at the map, but it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it was full of grape like vineyards, and I had no idea. And they smelled amazing. Like <laughs> when I was biking, every time I breathed in real heavy, it just smelled like like grapes it was so nice it was so quaint perfect word for it and I just saw the view of the river of the of the lake the entire time and um it was wonderful and then oh and I stayed I stayed for three nights in Buffalo I I really liked Buffalo I don't know if Buffalo has a bad rep as a city but (laughs) cold I know that's about like the only bad thing I've really heard it's cold it had yeah, yeah, not there, not when I was there, but it had beautiful architecture. I I took a tour of a Frank Lloyd Wright home. Are you familiar? Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I because I learned about him in school since I went to art school, so I was like, no way, there's a home here. It was called the Martin House, and I took like a two hour tour, and it was so fun too because it was like a Tuesday at like 2 p.m. So I was the youngest person there. Like it was just a bunch of retired people. And I thought it was like, I was taking notes. They were like, did you get everything? Do you have questions? Because I'm sure they thought it was so funny that I was there. But I took a tour of this Frank Lloyd Wright house in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo has a hostel. It was my first time staying at a hostel. And it was really fun because I thought it was going to be like what I see in the movies where it's just like a bunch of young European people that I was going to hang out with. But it was like old people, like, like retired people who were traveling. Like there was some sort of, concert in buffalo this summer from like uh, like this older guy so a bunch of older people like there to see some rock concert and i got to talk to like 
a bunch of Australians traveling and Canadians and Germans and stuff. And it was so I stayed in Buffalo for three nights just because I really liked it there. And and the lake, the thing about the Lake Erie trip is like it was really um, easy to navigate on by bike because of, I like at least on the Ohio uh, on the U.S. side, I was mostly following this like scenic route for bikes. So I was just following signs like with a bicycle on it. And it was like super easy. And the same thing through Buffalo. Like I was kind of nervous about going through a big city, but it was I just kept seeing these signs for with bikes on them for like some sort of route through the city. So I was just following these signs and it was really easy. No one honked at me or anything like it was a great city to bike through. And then to get out of Buffalo, I was on a really nice bike path that was following the lake up to um, Niagara Falls. It was just like a scenic. It had a huge bike path on the side of this um, scenic highway. It was just super, it, it was no stress involved in like navigating by bike around Lake Erie. And I crossed into Canada on, um, over Niagara Falls. So I got to roll up on my bike to Niagara Falls. And that was really exciting to hear the water like roaring, you know, and I pull up and I'm like, wow, I biked all the way here. It sounds like that portion of the trip was really, really special. Yes. Yeah. Special is a great word for it. Yeah. So I got to cross into Canada for my first time and it was exciting because there was a lot of like little um differences between the countries that were fun to notice just you know the the accents and like the the northern accents the way people say their o's and the money is different and the milk in the bags and like even i took so many pictures of like the postal service cars because like they're they're so cute like they're oh they're red like that's so cool so it was fun to be there Oh, so so many little things like that that add up to be such a wonderful experience. And I, I saw a lot of skylines that you took pictures of, of cities. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not always excited to go through a city, but sometimes it is, it's beautiful in its own way. Yeah. You know, being an artist and being, you know, graduating from a, a, a school of arts, I'm sure you were looking at this too, from that point of view a lot. Or what, what were you doing to kind of like make sure you captured that side of things too? Yeah. Artistically, my work, a lot of times I recreate these moments through my art that I can't capture on photograph um, because I don't want to capture everything as I'm actively going on an adventure through my phone. I'm not sure if you have like opinions on that, but I don't want to record myself the whole time. I don't want to take pictures the whole time, but I still want to convey these beautiful moments of what an adventure can bring to people and especially in this region that people often underestimate. So I was just trying to make sure that I write, I, I keep a good record, either a memory of, or I, I journal a lot about moments that are special that I could, that I can't, or that I choose not to capture on picture. So um, I was just trying to be very intentional and think about genuine moments that I was able to, um, that I'm going to and try and actively right now, like recreating through art. So um, artistically, I would just I was just very observant and like currently I'm working on a piece of myself uh, during my through hike, especially when it was really hot out. I was taking naps during the middle of the day just to get out of the heat in between like noon and two. And there was this one really nice uh, moment in Western Ohio when I kind of wandered off the trail into the woods to take a nap and I woke up and there was just like a little red cardinal sitting on my leg and which is the state bird. So I thought it was really cute. And so just moments like, 
Yeah, yeah. I had my legs propped up and then I just like woke up and there's this little red card on like sitting there. That's awesome. I know, isn't that cute? So just like little moments like that, I try, I, I remember and I write down, you know, like, oh, I, w- I was wearing this. I had my hat over my head and I was under these trees. And then that way I can come back to my studio and, and recreate these quaint little moments that I can, you know, exhibit so people can can see how much joy you can get out of out of an adventure, especially in in my home region that I'm really proud of so do you have further plans for what you want to do with your art yeah especially for this trip so right now I'm, I'm making my work I have a, a full-time job from four to midnight but I when I'm not there I'm, I'm trying to work on my art um so during the day I'm an artist <laughs> and I'm making art about this trip and there's so much art to make from this trip just from little moments like that to just recreating the beautiful nature that I got to see through Ohio the Ohio region that people probably don't always expect, especially if they're not from this area. I've got two places that I'm going to be showing my work this this year. There's um, Akron Coffee Roasters in Akron, Ohio for two months from April 1st to May 31st. My work will be up in there and there's going to be, uh, I'll be posting like details and stuff when the date comes closer, but there'll be like an opening reception and stuff for that. And then an exhibition space called Waterloo Arts, which is here in Cleveland. I'll have my work up from June 7th to July 21st, and there'll be like an artist talk and opening show for that as well. Uh, So I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm trying to pull up my website so that I can like um, sell prints and stuff like that. So that's like the plans that I'm making for my artwork. Is there anything for sale from this trip now? (laughs) Not yet. I'm I'm finishing up two pieces and I'm going to put them up. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll be ready when the episode comes out. I'm not sure when the episode will be out, but yeah, I'll, I'll be selling Ohio work, and yeah, I'm excited. I want to buy a piece. Nice, thanks. <laughs> well, well, take us through some of your biggest learnings. It sounds like the Underground Railroad was a big one, mm-hmm. um, but what would you say was maybe something else, like a, a big theme you walked away with this yeah. experience? I know you were trying to kind of not necessarily put Ohio on the map, but like experience it for yourself. What is this place I call home? Yeah. What did you feel like you you walked away understanding? Ooh, I've been ready for this question. I've got like <laughs> three pages of stuff written down. I won't talk about all of it because I, there was just so much I learned. Like, oh my God, I really thought I knew the state I was from, but like, I guess I didn't. <laughs> so much history. The um, one other really amazing thing I learned about that really like blew my mind about how I understand my home region is um, the Black Swamp. Are you Have you heard of it? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, so the Black Swamp, I started hearing about it on my Buckeye Trail through hike because as I was getting up to the n- north, uh, I'm so bad with I'm like I'm like thinking of a compass in my head every time I start talking, but it's like um, the northwestern portion of the state, like that uh, around the Toledo area and stuff. Um, as I was getting closer to there, well, the mosquitoes got so much worse. And I was like, what is happening? And then I started reading plaques and talking to people. I met a a guy near Bowling Green, Ohio, who was like a history teacher there. So he had like a lot of local history. And everyone just started telling me about this thing called the Black Swamp. And I was like, what is this? And the Black Swamp was historically, it was located in northwestern, the corner of Ohio, in that area near Toledo and Bowling Green. And it stretched as far as like Fort Wayne, Indiana. It was about 120 miles long historically. I think if I remember correctly, it was called the Black Swamp either because of how dark the soil was or it was because the um, forest was just so thick and dark. It was like 
I don't know. I was reading online. I caught this quote from it. It said it's like an impenetrable forest of giant oak, sycamore, hickory, walnut, ash, elm. And it was full of like snakes, wolves, wildcats, biting flies. And it's unfortunately, so it's like the last corner of Ohio that had been settled. It's been drained. So there's only like a very small portion of it. That's it's called the um, I think it's called the Magi March Marsh Wildlife Area, if I'm remembering correctly. That's like the only like area that still has any swamp left. Wow. Um, and But to realize that. Ohio had an 120 mile long and like 40 mile wide swamp in <laughs> within the state it just really completely transforms my concept of how the Ohio that I know and love now is very different from the how natural Ohio was even just like 200 years ago and so learning about the swamp just imagining that there was a swamp in this region that was you know, and then learn. And as I continued, like reading, <clears throat> sorry, reading um, about how like 95 percent of the state was once covered in forest. Now it's around like, I think, 30 percent. That's something that I kind of thought about, you know, like if I sit and look at the Cleveland skyline, I'm like, oh, this was once trees. But now to like understand how different the, this area looked really even just 100, 200 years ago. As I, I was hiking through or even biking through, it just was it, it blew my mind to imagine how different it once was but it, I I decided because it can get kind of sad I'm sure you think about that with your like home state and stuff like that just how much it's changing but I and it can be very sad to think about it I was like man this place once had like black bears and you know, <laughs> wild cats and stuff you don't see those and I, I actually I did see a bobcat though in Ohio that was crazy on my trip but it, like most of the time you don't see stuff like that and it, I I've never like I was like man I've never seen a massive flock of birds before uh, you know besides geese bees flying I've never and how they were once there but I decided like it, it can become very sad to think so deeply about how much it's changing for a negative way but then I realized that there's still that 30% forest that's still here that needs appreciation instead of dwelling on the you know, the 95% that's not, you know, that was once, but not there anymore. And so just to remember to appreciate presently the trees that are still there because they're still here was really important takeaway for me this summer. Uh, I was recently shared a quote that, yeah, Aldo Leopold, the famous uh, conservationist, he said, uh, talking about what you were just saying, kind of downfall of learning about nature and studying this world is really just realizing just how wounded it is from our from our doing humans and it's really depressing mm-hmm. um yeah when you think about what things used to be there and that great black swamp was enormous it took like the fur the top 20 percent of the state it was huge yeah. yeah and swamps being in a swampy area i love swamps they are so <laughs> full of life and so hard to get into but when you are it's just like you're in this cathedral that never ends it's amazing and it can be very depressing to think about how quickly all of it has disappeared but i think what you're doing is the right right way to approach it enjoy what we do have left and know that nature does return given enough time and as we learn as humans i'm very hopeful that we will at some point get efficient enough and wise enough and strategic enough to return a lot of these places back to what they are were supposed to be and within another 100 to 200 years a lot of these things can be you know you can't replicate thousands of years of of a landscape but you can 
you can get it back to a pretty natural state fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Which is cool. And I think the pandemic showed us that like deer were walking around like downtown bears were returning to places they hadn't been in years just from like a couple months of people not being as busy. And yeah. it, it happens really quickly. Keep doing what you're doing. Exploring and seeing helps you appreciate and love these places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. That's a good way to put it. Because I, especially um, being uh, 22 years old, and I'm so you know most of my peers are around my age, and they, um, it makes me hopeful to see that myself and uh, yeah, most of my friends and everyone that I'm around and stuff. Even though that's a very small bubble, but it we're all we all have a desire to to protect this world like we we don't want it to burn while we're still on it so it's it and so just through my travels and you know between school and co-workers and stuff just knowing that there are a lot of young people out there who do have a passion to protect what we have i mean my my roommate alone he, he his um goal is to be uh zero waste households and, and you know it's a lot of my other friends are like that so i i have hope you know i try to that you're right because it can get depressing just to think about in the doom but there it, there's a lot of hope there's a lot of people who who want to make a really big change so absolutely there's a yeah. lot of people that feel the way we do and want to do something about it uh was there anything else you wanted to share from this ohio project experience oh so much there's so much i could talk about <laughs> i love my state there's so many cool things i learned about but i don't like uh i don't know like a good ending ending story yeah, there's just so so many cool things I could talk about forever, but that'll be what my art is for. So. <laughs> oh well, I'm excited. We're gonna link where we can to like websites and and where to find you and where to see your art because I think that's such a unique and cool part of this is being able to share it in that way. You know, in a in a way that's lasting, in a way that takes time to create and time to process. And I'm excited to get some of it. Uh, yeah, thanks for advocating for your state. You know, one of the big things about this show is that adventures everywhere. It's not just, you know, New Zealand or halfway around the world. It's literally mm -hmm. in your own backyard. Yeah. Or in your own yeah. state. Yeah, I'm very lucky I was able to do this. I'm really glad. So do you, do you feel like you love Ohio more now? I sure do. Yeah, no, now I'm like a passionate, like, like, you know how people say, like, when they go abroad, they suddenly become like a patriot, like, like, yes. you know, for that's how I feel about Ohio. Like, you know, at first I was always like, I know that there's jokes about it. But now the moment someone talks about Ohio, I'm like, did you know that Ohio actually, you know, because I have all this <laughs> terrible info now <laughs> that oh, I can. You, you just got basically a PhD in Ohio. <laughs> um... Right. <laughs> Yeah, I met a kid this summer who was around my age. He was tw he was a year older than me, and he um he was so he was only twenty three, and he had a, he's very well traveled, and he was like, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do now. Like I've been everywhere, and I was like, there's no way. Like you can just choose literally. Like that guy you were saying with Alistair, is that his name? Alistair he chose Humphreys, like yeah. a, a literal square of like I was like, there's no way you can say that. Like that's just sad. Like what are you talking about? I could spend I could I could bike around Lake Erie for the rest of my life, and I think I would meet. <laughs> you know learn something new every single day like, it is so interesting cool. it took I, I didn't get to your mindset until almost now T i'm 10 years older than you and yeah. it, it took probably till 30 till i was like it's all it's all around me you know i don't have to yeah. go somewhere and you're you're experiencing it now so I'm, I'm curious what you'll be where you'll be at 30 how it'll shift um but it's yeah i, I think every place needs somebody like this to 
advocate for it, to love it like this way, and and to get others excited about where they are too. Because uh, yeah, you know that's what it takes to protect it. So, well, yeah, exactly. Allison, thank you so much. This was awesome. <laughs> thank you. I can't thank you enough for this and for the grant. Like that was an amazing. It was really encouraging to get the grant and get the the support and everything. So I can't thank you guys enough for it. You know, you you did the hard part. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. I just sent <laughs> like a Venmo. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so well, you, you had to do yeah. the three thousand miles of work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And, for the technical difficulties a few times there. Totally good. Yeah, yeah. bye right. so much. All right, see ya. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash Podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.